Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Judy has uh, just run into the studio. She's informed me that Justin Beaver's mom will be on the uh, show today. Who? Ju- Justin, Justin Beaver's Beaver. mom. Justin Beaver, yeah. Beaver or Beaver? Beaver. Beaver. Sorry. Justin Beaver. Not that we didn't try for the Beave or the Beeb. Actually, I'd rather speak to, to Justin Beaver than yes. the other one. Yeah, than the other one. Yeah, certainly. Yes. So uh, what what is this all about, Judy? Can you imagine living with a beaver in your house? Uh, no, mm-hmm. that would be, I would imagine all the furniture would get chewed up. Chewed up, yeah. You would think they would just chew up everything and, and dam up everything that they could find and just, yeah. So you yeah, found- And they like water. Yeah. yeah no, so totally you put like a kiddie pool in your living room? I guess so, or just keep your bathtub full of water for them. So we're going to be talking to someone that actually has a beaver as a pet? Is it a pet? Well, she's a wildlife rehabilitator. Okay, so she's so rehabbing she, a yes. beaver. It's not legal to have a beaver or maybe even a beaver as a pet. <laughs> <laughs> Although. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm sure you have a question for me, Al. Can we move on? <laughs> So we're going to go to the phones for your calls in just a couple of minutes here, but uh, I certainly want to know what's coming up in the news. Well, um, luckily, I have some information for you. Um, Rover.com did a new survey, so it's all with, you know, people who are dog-oriented. We'll tell you what they found about those of us who like to take pictures of our pets. Let's talk to Dale. Hey, Dale, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you all doing today? Very good. How can we help you? I have Dr. Debbie right over here. Yes, Hi. I've got a um, boxer pup. It's about, oh, 15 months old. And um, some friends of ours was over, and they had a an Akita puppy, and they were playing pretty rough. And the Akita puppy ran literally just ran right into the boxer pup and pushed him into a cabinet. And, uh, and they started favoring his front right leg for quite a while. And, um, you know, I, I laid him down, and I kind of, uh, felt his leg and checked to see if there was any fractures or anything that I could feel of. Couldn't mm-hmm. feel, you know, feel anything, and there was normal movement in an up and down, you know, in a normal position on the leg. So the next day we take him to the vet just to make sure there wasn't a, a uh, simple fracture. They didn't show anything on the X-ray, but to this day, this was uh, oh, several months back, and to this day, he'll be he'll favor the leg on occasion, but then when it's almost like when he's uh, he just has a a moment where he'll just he'll run and play like there's nothing wrong with it. I can't figure out why he keeps favoring it, and my vet can't figure it out either. Yeah, that is a bit of a strange um, presentation for a limping problem. And when you talk about a young dog, especially a young large breed dog, a couple things come to mind of types of growth problems that can occur and that can cause a, a limping problem, especially an on-again, off-again problem. They're not always typically preceded by an injury so that kind of confuses the history here a little bit for your baby but there are some weird conditions there's one called OCD and another called panosteitis and they're they're common in young uh, large breed dogs and they're a little bit harder to find because they're not really as obvious as a fracture 
Um, so I might uh, say that in your situation, I would encourage maybe a follow-up x-ray and see if there's any changes between those. Um, see if we can see if there's some subtle change with the cartilage that maybe is sheared off a defect, something that could explain that persistent pain. Because, yeah, if nothing's broken and he's a youngster, yeah, I'm, like, I can't make up any other real good reasons why he should be having a problem in that regard. Right. And I, I didn't know if it I might get... be like a bone bruise or something, you know, on a, on a green bone that's still growing. I didn't know if there could be such a thing like a bone bruise. Well, they can get bone uh, cysts and kind of like inclusion cysts inside the, the parts of the long bones. And that might not be something that was readily apparent the first time, you know, right after the injury. But it, that's where, like, shooting another x-ray at this point might be worthwhile to see. Because you can get changes like that um, in a bone after some kind of injury. So, yeah, I mean, I think that would probably be the best thing I'd encourage it is to just take another peek at it. And then um, has your has your puppy been on any kind of pain relief? Did they prescribe an anti-inflammatory of any sort? Yeah, an anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, uh, so, you know, and that's when, you know, um, that's what's it's crazy because after we put him on the anti-inflammatory, you know, I mean, he still kind of favored it for a little while. But then, you know, he'd be laying down, and then this, the next thing we know, you know, he'll he'll see something, he'll jump up and run around like it's it's nothing, you know. So I don't know if, he, if it's, it's, you know, it's like I uh, told my wife, it's, I wonder if he just, he's doing it for a sympathy trip. <laughs> well, I always say, never underestimate the power uh, of adrenaline, uh-huh. especially in a young dog, because I, I have dogs come to my office, and they may be limping, not walking at home, and they come in, and their tail's wagging, and they're dancing around. So that once that adrenaline kicks in, boy, yeah, that limp can kind of fade away, and, uh, you know, they may be thinking about the rabbit they're chasing or, um, you know, the other fun on the other side of the door that they're going to have. Can so. you actually train your dog to limp? I mean, give them... No, seriously. Oh, sure. I you would could. think that... If if they get uh, the the sympathy vote when they're limping, that they might actually do that. Even you know, maybe I could go to maybe I could go to Hollywood. And we could they might need a limping dog if <laughs> we could get him a movie role. <laughs> there you go. He can earn his keep that way. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll uh, I'll take him back in and have another X ray X ray run and and uh, see if anything else shows up. I appreciate it. Thanks for the good work. Dale, All right. Thank you for, for the calling call. today. Yes. One eight six six. Oh, so do we. For a lot more reasons than you do. Hey, Robert, welcome to the show. Hi, how you doing? Good. I understand you want to talk to Dr. Debbie. Yes, I, I have a little problem child here. All right. What's going on? Now, now we've been working very diligently with our, our local vet. The number one thing going on is, is she's, she's going either, either before we put her outside or after we bring her back in. And we've tried proing. And we've checked everything. We've checked. We've, we've had the ultrasound done. We've had blood work and mm-hmm. uh, your analysis. Everything comes back normal. And we're thinking this might be a psychological thing. But okay. I, I, I want to back up. What Robert, that, what, kind of, what kind of dog you got here? I didn't catch that. Uh, we took a terrier and probably a dachshund mix. Okay. And she's how old? I want to say somewhere in the neighborhood of 11 or 12 years old. And so just so I'm clear, she's having urine accidents or poop accidents? Urine accidents. And, and, and it's only like I say, urine. We, we've, we've searched out the possibility of it being accidents, and I just, I don't think it's an accident. I, I, I feel like it's being done on purpose, and we don't know why. Okay. So where is she urinating, and is it always in the same place, or is she moving around? It's pretty 
much always in the same place. At what we do now, we have a tile kitchen floor. On rainy days, we lay down a blanket on the tile floor, so when they come back in, they can wipe their paws. She'll go, and like I say, sometimes she goes before we let them out if that blanket is laying down there. But what's what's really got me baffled is we started pulling the blanket up. Uh, okay. And only putting it down right when they come back in from outside. And all of that stopped. So she's not going mm. on the tile floor. She's not going anywhere else. But but she continues to, if we leave that blanket down there for more than three or four minutes and, and take our eyes off of her, she will go on that blanket before she climbs upstairs. <laughs> Okay, I got you now. All right, I see what's going on here. So I'm glad that you had a very good, thorough medical checkup because, you know, in a 10-year-old dog, urine accidents can sometimes be a a signal of a health problem. I think the reality of what it sounds like you got going on is you need to get rid of that blanket, man. You need to be drying these babies' feet off, um, take that blanket and getting rid of it because it could very well be just something as simple as a marking behavior. Um, the door is kind of a social area. It's an interactive zone. It's kind of a transition. So it could very well be that she's saying, hey, this is kind of the entry to my lair, and um, I'm going to say this is, you know, our territory, my territory, and I'm going to urinate here. If that is not there and she doesn't have urine accidents elsewhere, um, I, I'm really led to believe that's the situation. And, you know, I, dogs don't generally, they're not generally malicious creatures. They're, they're very kind-hearted animals. They're not like people. We're mean. And they don't typically do these kind of things to get us mad or to piss us off. It's generally something either medical or something either social or uh, psychological. So um, I might be led to believe that you just need to make a decision to get rid of that blanket and know that that's going to be her trigger. That may be her preference, that her that substrate that she really likes. And when it's in that right spot, she's going to urine mark on it. And if all you got to do is take that away, then I think it's an easy solution. And uh, as long as she's not having accidents elsewhere i'd say yeah it's a that's a human now we, we can fix that out all the time um you know i mean if, if she if, if she if she goes on it we you know it immediately goes out and 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 gets rewashed and then we you know of course i don't, the care. Next I don't want you to put it down in the first place, place it, you putting it down there is allowing her that opportunity it's setting that environment just right doesn't matter that you wash it she's just thankful that you are you're flushing the toilet for her every time you do that <laughs> <laughs> and, so. you know, but we've been doing this in that same routine forever, and it's just been going on, oh, eight or nine months. And mm-hmm. so is it just, I, I just wonder if there was any other kind of a trigger. You think just... Yeah, this is just, I mean, everything is just ringing. This is a, like I said, a social zone where, you know, dogs can very typically mark. Now, another solution, ways to maybe work around this. Hey, what about the idea of putting an, um, like an outdoor mat on the opposite side of that door, somewhere where the doggies can kind of maybe partially dry their feet. And then if they do, she does urinate on that. It's outdoors. It's not such a big deal where you have to worry about that being inside. Just just a solution. But for me, gosh, Robert, I just say get rid of that blanket and uh, return your household to a, you know, hopefully a toilet-free mess in that zone. Robert, thanks for your call. This portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Red Barn. They're now in the kibble business. And I'm looking at the side of the package with the ingredients. The first five ingredients feature real animal protein. That's how you know it's good. 
And you could get 10% off anything Red Barn has over at their website at redbarn.com. Just put in the promo code Animal Radio. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-803-1961. 800-803-1961. 800-803-1961. That's 800-803-1961. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And uh, you can ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. In just a few minutes, we're going to find out what witch hazel is. And you, you ladies, you're looking at me like, yeah, I know what I witch know what hazel that is. is. I knew yeah. what that was 40 years ago. What's the ago? big deal? Well, yeah. because I've seen it on the shelf, but I've never once thought about buying it because I don't even know what it's for. I don't know what it does. The name freaks me out. It has witch <laughs> in it. Um, I'm going to find out. Joey's going to tell me. In just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. So very excited about that. I know that you're, brought, you're at the edge of your seat saying, I'm going to stay on this station listening to Animal Radio so I can, I can find out but all you know, about it. Hal, you're right. It's a good thing because witch hazel, is, it comes in so handy for so many things with pets. So definitely. <laughs> I have no clue, I guess. What are you working on for this hour? Um, you know, there's a lot of information coming about because of California's new law giving judges the power to decide custody in cases of pets. And I found out which kind of pets are most frequently fought about in courts, but it's really oddly skewed. Okay, that's on the way in just a couple of minutes right here. And let's go to the phones. Hi, Henry. Hi. I have a uh, kind of a geriatric old black cat. He's my favorite cat. Getting kind of old there. And I noticed that he has a uh, patch on his rear side it doesn't seem to ever heal, and uh, it gets bigger, and he bites at it all the time. I notice, though, that it kind of recovers, never fully, when I give him uh, his flea drops for the month. Hmm. Okay, so it gets better when he is treated for his flea tra- treatment. Yeah, the family actually thinks that it might be dust mites, but, you know, I, I wanted to get the official doctor. It, <laughs> it, yeah, it looks bad, but it, it gets better around the periphery. 
Well, definitely. You know, fleas actually are the number one allergenic um, material for cats. So when they have skin disease and they're chewing and scratching, approximately 80% of the time it's flea allergy disease. Um, so that's the number one thing. So if the flea treatment seems to be helping, yeah, that could be part of the thing. Now, whether or not it's mites or something microscopic, ah, you know, possibly. Is this an indoor kitty or an outdoor kitty? Uh, well, it's an indoor and outdoor kitty. You know, he we're trying to get him to... We, we have a big house, you know what I mean? We can't, he likes to run, you know what I mean? He's supposed to be inside, but, you know, he he, he gets in and out, you know. So, okay. So. Just because, you know, for an older cat that's indoors, um, mites aren't terribly common unless there's something else going on. Oh, okay. So when they're immunosuppressed or some other disease process is going on, and then maybe we can have a mite problem. But, you know, actually, skin disease in older cats can even occur with health problems like diabetes and thyroid problems. So if this is a geriatric kitty, um, it might be well worth a trip to the vet to make sure we don't have something like that going on. Um, and then really focus on some of the, the skin treatments that we might try beyond the flea treatment. And those might include um, certainly uh, types of hypoallergenic diets that we can try using. Um, and for some kitties, it's really a matter of making sure that um, all the ins and the outs are good, that we're on a good quality diet, we're doing regular grooming procedures, and then, you know, checking out things like even arthritis in older kitties. It's a subtle, silent problem that they don't often complain about, but I do see cats groom themselves excessively in the hindquarters areas when they are having pain down there. So it can be oh. one of those kind of things that you don't always know about. And cats aren't like dogs. You know, they, they don't often show like that limp, that gimp with arthritis. Um, and it really has to be detected by an x-ray to see if they've got spinal problems or hip problems. Okay, thank you so much because that excessive licking uh, and and that, that just that description, how he's moving, does sound mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, you get key points even without being here. Well, good. Hey, reaching across those radio waves to help our listeners. Thank you so much, Henry, and give your kitty a good scratch on the head for us. Um, Thank you for your call. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. The newest animal we bought, we bought a hedgehog. Yeah. I didn't know you could have a hedgehog for a pet. They're basically like a hamster with spikes. Real cuddly. It's fun. My wife holds it with dish gloves, so that's why, you know, it's a good animal if you have to put dish gloves on to bond with it. But there, she's cute. Once they're, they're calm, and when we, when we first got, my wife was like, oh, I want a hedgehog. And, and then I, I was like, where do you, okay, where do we go? Like, is this a pet store kind of animal, or do we just wander around the backyard for a while? And then apparently you just get them at a lady's house. That's where you get hedgehogs. Go to Chaska and get a hedgehog. <laughs> Must be where hedgehogs are from, Chaska, I guess. <laughs> so we, we drove, and as we were driving to this house, I was like, I wonder what a person that sells hedgehogs for a living is like. And they're a different type of person, you guys. <laughs> That's quite a life choice that they've decided. And I thought there, it was going to be like a Craigslist where they would just have one hedgehog. We'd give us money and we'd get that one hedgehog. But we walked into the house and they had a whole room just filled with storage bins and cages filled with like rats, guinea pigs, chinchillas, rabbits, like hamsters, hedgehog. It smelled amazing. <laughs> I was like, what did you do here? You're never going to have to host Thanksgiving ever. That's cool. <laughs> I like what you've done with this. Wood chips in year and impressive. 
And then, so then we're, we had to deal with that. Then the, the, they just started dumping hedgehogs in front of us. There was way more than one. She just There was like five hedgehogs. And it's not like a dog that runs up to you and wags a tail like, oh, this one's a good one. Let's take this one. Like the hedgehog just kind of laid there and shook at us and like hissed a little bit. And, and I was like, I turned to my wife. I was like, well, none of them bit us. Do you want all of them? <laughs> we could take all these hedgehogs, I guess. So then she picked out her favorite one, and we brought it home. And then I found out they're nocturnal, so I've never seen it. I heard it at, like, 3 in the morning, and I was like, oh, I should go look at that. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker we have great rates for you as well at the term lifeline we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above so if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance call right now for a free quote rates and availability may vary by state sample rate quotes are based on preferred not tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify than of their husbands, wives, girlfriends, or boyfriends. Uh, The study also claims that nearly half of the people polled find it harder to leave their dog for a week than it is to leave their human counterpart. 94% of dog owners surveyed in this survey say that their dog is part of the family, of course. And uh, here's another that you can probably relate to. 56% of dog moms and dads greet their dog at the door first when they get home before saying hello to any humans. But that might be, I know, in my house because certain dogs are harder to ignore than others. Well, see, they're the first ones at the door. How can you ignore them? They, they greet you. If my husband would come and greet me at the door, I'd acknowledge him. But my dog's there. My, my husband's not when I come home. <laughs> That's true. I think if Tater could do backflips, that he would do backflips. But he just jumps a lot, and and he smiles. He curls his lip under and up. And, you know, anyone who doesn't know him would think it's frightening, but that's his happy look. (laughs) Well, California has enacted a new law that gives judges the power to consider what's in the best interest of pets in divorce cases. And, you know, instead of treating them as physical property like you would a car or a sofa, or a refrigerator, it allows judges to consider the care of the pet and then create shared custody agreements for the animal. The legislator who wrote this bill before it became law said he was inspired to write it because in the past, there were actually judges who told couples, you can sell the dog and split the proceeds. I had to pick my jaw up off the floor when I read that. So that was his motivation. 
And uh, this new law means that judges can take into consideration factors like who walks, feeds, and plays with the pet when deciding who the animal should live with permanently. But the law doesn't just apply to dogs. It defines pet as any animal that is community property and is kept as a household pet. And by the way, this was interesting. A national survey of divorce lawyers a few years ago, it found 88% of pet custody fights were about dogs, only 5% about cats. But that survey was done in 2014. So I, I think by now cats have maybe, you know, gain some more popularity yeah definitely yes in your house hal i know that you would fight tooth and nail for the cats it would be you know it'd be like heck i worship them and i love that about you and they worship him (laughs) yeah well losing weight is still one of the most popular changes that people hope to make i remember walking into the the office coffee room or kitchen one year and there were no donuts or anything for about, uh, well, probably a month or two. You looked in the refrigerator and it was all healthy stuff. Well, now, in South Carolina, an animal shelter had a genius idea to help someone who wanted to lose weight and at the same time help an overweight cat that was in the shelter. So the shelter teamed up with the fitness center to offer free personal training sessions to the human who adopted Priscilla. Now that is Priscilla as P-U-R-R-S-I-L-L-A. And that deal with a personal trainer is worth about 400 bucks and gets Priscilla, a health-minded human, to help her lose her extra pounds and gets her a new home. I thought that was pretty clever. Hmm. I can tell you're all amused. Thank I, you I am so amused. You know what? I'm going through my photos now. You, <laughs> still oh, really? I was I'm wondering, looking. where is everybody? <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. I don't think I have one of my spouse on here. Ditto. This has been an Animal Radio news update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hey, everybody. This is Brett Michaels, and I just want to say you, right now, want to take... Wait, give me the line again. My brain skipped. Uh, Brett Michaels... I just had one of my brain hemorrhage brain farts. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. I don't want to be responsible for that. Trust me, it's me. Go ahead. Animal Radio. Brett Michaels Animal Radio. You got it. I knew the Animal Radio. Like, okay, here we go. Hey, this is Brett Michaels. You're listening to Animal Radio, and take care of your pets. They will rock your world. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Well, hello, Carol. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you doing thank today? You I'm doing well, thank you. I have a uh, approximately five, maybe six-year-old mixed dog, about 40 pounds, who was abandoned on my farm, oh, about five years ago, more or less. And uh, she was, uh, she's been mutilating her foot, and she had an injury. And uh, I can't get her to stop chewing on that foot. Uh, And I've tried the bitter apple and other types of things on top of the bandages. Uh, Mm -hmm. She had had a a pretty severe cut, which was, of course, taken to the vet, and she was stitched and had all the usual kinds of things. Having a difficult time getting it healed up because each time she's left alone, and this may be separation issues, each time she's left alone, uh, she starts chewing on it. Uh, mm, tried okay. the diversion things, and uh, that's about where I am. Okay, and, but this leg did sustain an injury at some point. 
Yes, it did. Uh, back in uh, about September, and we've been working with it ever since with multiple vets and multiple do- suggestions and whatnot. And I'm kind of reaching my wit's end. Uh, she's mm-hmm. pretty well amputated a couple of toes, but it's wow. down on it fine okay. once she's, it's of course, bandaged and padded. Uh, okay. But, you know, I've got to get So she's going. actually chewed her toes partially off? Yes, that's correct. Okay. All right. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is that this is moving out of a category of just, say, a behavioral problem to something truly medical. Because there are people who deal with dogs that lick their feet chronically, create wounds, uh, what we call lick sores or lick granulomas. And those can be very frustrating in their own right because they're from a lot of causes, allergies, boredom, OCD conditions, uh, you name it. If we're actually to that point where she's destroying her own flesh, um, I'm going to say we're dealing more with a potential neuropathic pain or some kind of what we'd call a paresthesia. Neuropathic pain is kind of like the nerve's been damaged and it causes um, not a ghost pain, but a pain um, from the nerves in that area. And paresthesia is kind of like that pins and needle feeling if you sit on your foot. Um, right. So we we know that if there's a chronic or if there's a trauma to a limb, that these can happen. And pets that kind of mutilate their uh, lower limbs after an injury or, say, a fracture repair, um, they may be experiencing this. And it's hard to know, but if we're seeing that behavior, um, then it's certainly worthwhile to look down that road. Um, not that just knowing what it might be can correct it, because sometimes it's also very hard to stop this behavior. Um, but if I could, you know, suggest some directions, one would be, um, you also mentioned some, you know, maybe some um, separation anxiety. So there could be some medication we'd use for separation anxiety that we'd also use for some of these pain disorders. And one is a medicine called amitriptyline that sometimes I'll use. Um, and that's kind of a long-term medication. Um, and the next medicine that I might pull out of the bag of tricks would be um, something we use more for um, some of the nerve pain, and that would be gabapentin. Uh, it's often also used for seizures in patients. Um, but those are two of the drugs that I might kind of pull out of my pharmacy first to try to get to the bottom core uh, behavior of, of the pet, because um, nothing you're going to try to put on that is going to help if, if we're dealing with those situations, because it really is, um, you know, an itching, a burning, it's a, it's a sensation, so you can't stop that with just the bitter apple. Um, um, so that, that would be definitely my encouraging uh, road to go there. And um, unfortunately, in some pets, if it's really bad and we lead to more mutilation, um, you know, sometimes something like a, a limb amputation isn't crazy if it means that we remove that source of chronic pain. Um, but that's the last resort. So, you know, certainly I would look at some different medication options before we go there. Um, and, and definitely, you know, long-term antibiotics sometimes are very, very important for these wounds when they get them open and we get different layers of flesh that are exposed, um, that that can be also very important to keep on, you know, six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks of antibiotics is not out of line for something like this. So I hope that's not too discouraging. Well, I understand. And it's a difficult situation for her because of being abandoned. And then uh, each time there's separation issues, and obviously she can't be in the hip pocket constantly. But yeah. uh, she does very well on the um, with that uh, when her foot's bandaged and padded. And she runs mm-hmm. and jumps and chases the other dogs and plays and whatnot. But it could very well be a, a neuropathic uh, mm-hmm situation because she did have an injury uh, and uh, 
it took us a little bit to get that healed up, and there was a good possibility of some nerve damage. Yeah, yeah. Well, bless your heart, Carol, for taking this baby in, because, you know, certainly she's proven uh, she found the right home, and, um, you know, she's going to get the care she needs. So uh, best wishes to you, and thank you for your call. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. We're waiting here for you. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of Petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Start your dog's daily dental routine with Red Barn's new dental treats, Chewables. Thoughtfully designed with ridges and grooves to help control plaque and tartar buildup in between your dog's dental vet visits. Chewables are natural, easily digestible, and your dog will love them. Red Barn Chewables, the tastiest way to brush your dog's teeth. Learn more at redbarn.com today. Use the promo code ANIMALRADIO and you'll get 10% off your purchase. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Here at Animal Radio, we all look good, mostly because of Joey Volani. He, he dresses us, he grooms us, cuts our hair, cuts our nails. In fact, I think, Judy, you're getting a pedicure tomorrow from him? Or is today, that? later today. Later yes. today. Okay, there you go. And do, we thank Do you think what? you guys could tip a little bit better? No. <laughs> how, how much should you tip a groomer? Because I, I really don't know how much to tip you. How much should you tip a groomer? Um, that's a good you question. Know, I, 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 yeah, that's a really good question. As much as possible. Um, how about that? What do you got in your pockets? Okay, when you're winning the tie-in groom, we'll pat you down. So, it's, this shouldn't um, be like twenty percent. Like, you is do it twenty percent? I, I, I would, so? I would, yeah, I would, I would, I would think so. What do you I mean would you would think, think so? You've been doing this all your life. You should know how much you get tipped. <laughs> well, yeah, usually, you know, Joey Volani gets tipped a little bit more sometimes. So, you know, yeah. Joey Volani. Now, come on. Now, well, let's you know, let's be for real. I'll be real honest. I didn't know you were supposed to tip your groomer. Did, Did you really? No. Do most people yeah, tip listen, you? Uh, most people do tip me. Um, okay. I don't think that you have to. You know, I was raised that if you own the company that um, you really shouldn't even accept tips. I mean, that was just, I don't even know if, if that's just how I was brought up. Uh, so good. as the owner of the company, I, I don't want to accept them. But as far as my staff goes, no, it's great. I, lo- I, I love for them to get tips. I guess it's just like, like a hairstylist, like a exactly. barber. Yeah. You Correct. A barber. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. But you, you know, I got a, I got a, a really good tip because there was a study that was just recently done, and uh-huh. do you know that um, grooming your pet could add longevity to their life? Now, not, huh? not wow. just dogs; those are all pets, domesticated pets that get groomed. So studies were done, and it's not only because of the brushing and the combing and you know and, and, and keeping up hygiene, which that is definitely part of it. It's what you find. When you're doing these things, um, uh-huh. you know the lumps, the bumps, the um, um, irritation in in area. Um, looking in your pet's ears just to wipe them out, finding um, ear infections, and a lot of people don't realize, you know, how detrimental that can be. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, I had a friend call me up, and um, she was um, saying that dogs' ears didn't 
smell um, r- really all that good and um, didn't see anything. And, um, you know, after we talked about it, I said, bring it to the vet. And she took it to the vet. And do you know that the pet almost died within 48 hours because the ear infection wasn't seen, but it was in so deep. But, again, if she wasn't paying attention to it and, 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 and she wasn't wiping it, what she was doing, she was wiping out the ears routinely and, 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 and smelled this. So, you know, grooming your pet is, is important. And, again, it's, it's nothing as, as, it's as easy as just a brush and a comb and going over and paying attention and looking in areas that you don't normally look in. A lot of people don't pick up the tail of their dog's tail and, 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 and look at their dog's behind. I mean, it's just something you don't do. It's something that I do every single day, probably 10, 15 times a day. But a lot of times you find things in areas that you normally wouldn't know. Check the pads. Look in the ears. Brush. Comb. Check under the armpits. Check under the tail. You know, if you feel something that's not right, have it checked out. But grooming could give your pet longevity. So if that's your best friend, why not? Give him the once-over with a good grooming. Well, of course, I have a question for Joey. Sure. And that is, you know, besides the smell, which, gosh, I get so much of with bulldogs, that, you know, Frito yeasty smell. smell, Yeah. um, Is there anything else that tips you off, Joey, when you look in their ears that something might be going on that's not good? Well, you know what, there's, there's, besides discharge, I mean, discharge is easy because you, you're going to see it. But if even if the fleshy color of the ear canal itself doesn't look right, um, I would have it checked out. And, and you know, in, in, in this day and age, it's it's pets are susceptible to so many, so many different things. And when it comes to ears, I find that's one of the things that I think veterinarians have the hardest time curing the problem. And it's mainly because it's not kept up with at the home. You know, there's only so much they, they could do that it needs to be kept up with. But if it doesn't look right, if it doesn't smell right, and, of course, if there's discharge, have it taken care of because ears are extremely, extremely important. And again, like I said, I've seen dogs die from bad ear conditions. And, you know, so it's something not to play with. Okay, so th- this makes me ask, what should I be doing at home to care for their ears? Well, you know, just just a, a normal routine wiping out of the ears cannot hurt. And what I would do is, is I would either use a cotton ball or a, um, or, or, or a, um, even, even a, um, a tissue and I would dampen it with some witch hazel. Witch hazel you can buy in any um, drugstore, usually any supermarket has it. And basically was it's an astringent, okay? And just go in as far as you could see. I don't want to dig in there. I don't want it to go in deep. I just want to wipe out the ear canal. And if, you know, just a little routine dirt comes out, usually you're pretty good. But if you got discharge coming out, then it's time to really see your veterinarian. And if it has an odor to it, like an odor that just doesn't seem normal don't even clean them go right to your veterinarian i don't i sometimes you'll make it worse so bring it bring it to your veterinarian wow witch hazel i never knew what that was yeah. for before i really I, and you want really you want to know something you're right i never knew what it was what it was used for before until i got into the pet industry so, oh this is what it's used for because we use it routinely routinely for um you can use it on skin irritations okay um especially when you're clipping a dog and you go a little short and they get a little irritated you put that on and it clears it up almost instantly you know, it's really I was, good stuff. I was taught as a teenager to use that on your zits and pimples. Which and stuff hazel? On your, yeah, yeah. And I actually, yeah, I, it's drying. Yeah, I like the smell of it. Do you? I do. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I always thought it was like uh, uh, flavoring, like vanilla flavoring for witches to use in their brews, you know. Oh, in their coffee, like yes. a hazelnut, witch yes. hazel. Okay. Or their witch potions, hazel. Their, okay. their, their, ma- magic, their magic potion uh, yes. with frog I'm glad you eyeballs get this. and stuff. Yeah, I get Some people you. would say I was way out there. Yeah, no, I get We that. use it in bulldog facial folds, too. Do so you really? It works for, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And any 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 um your areas that um are going to hold moisture on your pet um works great. Okay, why sage advice from the dog father Joey Villani here on Animal Radio. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Your dog loves meat. That's why they'll love the new line of Red Barn Dry Dog Food. The first five ingredients in each Red Barn recipe are meat, fish, or poultry. Sure to satisfy your dog's carnivore cravings. The added functional ingredients make Red Barn Dry Dog Foods the perfectly balanced meal for your best friend. Available in land, ocean, and sky recipes. Your dog loves meat. We love your dog. Head to RedBarn.com to use the promo Animal Radio for 10% off your first bag. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If you're listening now, which you are, I can guarantee you're listening now, or you're not hearing me say you're listening now, you probably have a pet. You might have a dog, you might have a cat, you might have fish, you might have horses, but you probably don't have a beaver. Probably mm. not. No. Yeah. They are, uh, they're exotic. I don't think it's actually legal to own beavers. No, I don't think so. It's a wild animal. But there are wildlife rehabilitators. Yes. And in a few minutes, we're going to talk to the mother of Justin Beaver. Who? Justin Beaver. We'll make Justin that. Beaver? <laughs> Apparently, she uh, is rehabbing a beaver. Among other things. Okay. I, I I don't laugh. I mean, I don't know what this all about. Uh, certainly, uh, I will The name is adorable. I love I, it already. I know. Isn't that cute? Uh-huh. I'm not here to judge, but I am here to listen and find out what Justin Beaver is all about. And we'll have Justin Beaver's on the mom in just a few minutes. I can't even imagine. What does what a beaver run around free in the house? Oh, I think gosh. you go to the store, you come back, and your kitchen table would be... <laughs> no, gone. The legs would be gone. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to stick to my cat. My cat is low maintenance. You are and does, a cat guy. I now. am a cat yeah. guy. And they don't really yeah. chew too much stuff up. No, they're not big chewers usually. Yeah. Uh, so she's on the way in just a few minutes. And we're also going to do a check of the news with Lori Brooks. What are you working on for this hour? Um, you know, I was admiring your empathy skills, Hal, when you were talking <laughs> about you're just here to listen and stuff. And have you ever thought as an animal lover that you are different from other people? You know, like you feel so much because your heart just aches for these little creatures. I know. Is that just me? No. no it's not just you. No, okay. There are others too. But the, the amazing thing is that scientists have now discovered what it is, this physiological thing in our human bodies that causes this animal craziness, animal love, animal <laughs> empathy. What makes us animal lovers? So uh, I'll share this with you because I think it's pretty amazing. Okay. I cannot wait to find out why I love animals so much. Uh, Dr. Debbie is ready to take your calls. So is Joey Volani. If you have grooming questions for our dog father, 
call right now from the free animal radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. They make me say that. Actually, I get 10 cents every time I say that. (laughs) (laughs) I have a dollar now. We're going to line two. Well, hi, May. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very good. What's going on in your world? Oh, well, I've just got a big cat that seems to kind of have dandruff. Oh. (laughs) And not all the time, but from time to time, it seems to be clicked a little bit by the top of her tail, uh, you know, where it comes out from her body in that area. Uh, She's a Siamese cat. She weighs almost 18 pounds. (gasps) Holy moly. A couple of years, but she's not fat. She's just um, a big cat. Mm. She's not a big eater. And uh, she exercise and everything, but she's just a big cat. I took her in and uh, when I first got her, and they said, well, she's not a fat cat. She's just a big cat. This is the way some of them are sometimes, you know. Wow, I'd have to kind of... They put a little... uh, When I first got her, they put some something on her. I can't even remember what it was, and... But it didn't work. It was very greasy, and it just wore itself off, and it didn't really work. I was wondering if there's something I can use on her coat that might help it. Mm, okay. Um, perhaps. Now, there's a couple things I, I want to ask you. Does okay. she seem itchy, scratchy? Does she have hair loss in any of the areas on her body? No, she doesn't scratch, and she doesn't have any hair loss. And I kind of pulled up her fur and checked it she doesn't have any dry spots that are dry under there it's the weirdest thing it's kind of like a flaky um when i brush her and i take the hair off the brush you can see little spots of hair mm-hmm. uh, she's yeah. an indoor cat and i'm wondering if maybe it's just a dry skin that she's got well the first thing is when you tell me that you have a siamese that's 18 pounds um, my uh, BS radar is going on that she's in good weight because there are not many um, Siamese, which are fine-boned, lean cats, is generally what the breed type is. She's so not I would Siamese. She's partial, I think, maybe half Siamese. Yeah. Well, we do see, um, especially in the hindquarter area, right over the rump, we do see a problem where um, overweight cats will commonly get dry skin in that area, and they'll have a lot of flakiness. And part of it is because they're a little bit too round, um, kind of like a weeble. They can't turn around and groom that spot very well. Uh-huh. So that can definitely play one factor in things. But when we look at, you know, what are all the causes of what makes a cat have flaky skin, well, we look at things like parasites. Um, um, so, you know, perhaps your veterinarian did treat with like a topical parasite product because um, uh-huh. that'd be one of the simplest things that I would always start with is to make sure we're doing really good flea control um, because there's also other types of parasites you can't see, like mites that can cause um, flakiness as well as itching and so forth. So uh-huh. making she's sure that you've had an outdoor cat. She's an indoor cat all the time. Understand, yeah, but there's still but types still, of... I still give her the flea thing, um, we do that. She's mm-hmm. not um, an aggressive cat in any way, but she doesn't meow, which is really unusual. Yeah, and, that's, um, no. When I, I've taken her into a vet, she goes absolutely berserk. 
Oh dear. Oh dear. Okay. So some of the things, some of the things that I would tell you that, you know, we were, we think about when we have a cat that has this dry skin. Um, even though she doesn't go outside, um, as a veterinarian, it's very simple and easy to treat for things like mites, those parasites you can't see. And that is an important thing to make sure, you know, you get that kind of knocked off the list of concerns. So if that's what your vet did treat for, super. If not, then I would make sure you, you do do that. Um, and then as far as, you know, grooming is really a big thing. So, um, um, you know, we can't replace what a cat does to groom themselves, but if this is possible that she can't reach that area, then we want to do a good regular grooming on her. So getting down to the level of the skin, getting the undercoat out, and uh-huh. using a brush or comb to really stimulate the natural oils in those areas, because that's part of the benefit of grooming. Yeah, Not well, only does it I get do rid of the hair. The I'm with her, and she, she tolerates whatever. I, in fact, I even cut her nails, believe it or not. Great. Uh, she, she will very calmly sit there while I do that. But when yeah. you take her into the vet, I mean, they, they just see her coming and they all hide because she's a miserable <laughs> cat. I and know cats she's like because that. Because she doesn't meow, she hisses at them and growls and a whole nine yards, you know. Oh, so sure. I have a friend who's a veterinarian, but she's about 86 now and she's retired. So, But I did ask her and she says, well, Probably it's something in, uh, that she's either eating, it could be, or it could be something like you're telling me. And I haven't done mm-hmm. anything about the mites or anything. Would I be able to go into a vet and get something for that, or would I have to? Well, you know, really getting a veterinary opinion of this problem is really important to start things off on the right direction. Because uh-huh. you could go in and pick up medications, but really, um, you know, for myself, if I could see her, I would tell you, gosh, I think this is the best direction to go. One of the products that I commonly use if we're dealing just with seborrhea, which is basically a dryness and a problem with this flaking, is I'll use a a type of a topical that's a um, a proceramide. So it's part of the the lipids um, that we're restoring in the skin layer. So pets that have dry skin for various conditions, um, they are often deficient in these lipids in the skin. So we can use a type of a spot-on that we put on regularly, usually about once a week, and it helps to restore the lipid in the skin barrier. And that helps, you know, not just decrease the amount of sebum, the kind of the waxy stuff that they build up, but it also keeps inflammation down. It helps keep bacteria counts down and all of that. So it can help with a lot of conditions. So that's why I think it's important we we have your veterinarian say, hey, this would be a good idea. I'd like to try that. It's pretty easy. It's things you can do at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then certainly I you know want to look at things like her, well, her size, her weight, it, and her diet. Since I use a, a, a good brush to brush her every day, and I can take the, the hair off of that from after I brush her, and you can see the small pieces in it, would it be feasible to take that into the vet and say, look, I hate to bring the cat in because... And, and show them this, would they be able to go any further with that? It would be very limited because there are some types of parasites that live on the surface of the hair, and there's others that live inside the skin. Uh-huh. Um, and, and just like anything, you know, if um, something's cut off and removed from the uh, an organism as a whole, it really doesn't give us the full picture. Right. So, right. you know, your vet may say, hey, sure, you know, maybe I really don't want to see your cat. <laughs> Bring in some hair and some I scale, mean, and I'll look at that. The size of her. She, she's about two feet long, too. She's not uh, a small cat. She's a big cat. And uh, well, you take look one look at her and then of course they want to pet her and she's not having any of that you know she just <laughs> let them know forget it you know you're not going to get a pet in me 
but she's she's come a long way with me. I, when I first got her, she was very, very strange to everyone, but now she likes my grandchildren. As long as they don't try to grab her, she doesn't like that. So they've learned the hard way, too, not to do that. Not mm-hmm. that she scratches, scratch them, but she'll really growl at you and makes you kind of scared, you know. So yeah, I've gotten yeah. through a lot of things with her, and I think that you're probably right. I would have to see, take her into the vet and just take my chances that they won't throw me out the door. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's, you know, there's other ways to, you know, get a cat safely into the veterinary office. So, you know, probably a lengthy conversation, but there are some drugs that I'll often use for pets that are actually cats that are aggressive, but we can give them medication um, such as gabapentin. And that can actually help calm them, make them not sedated, but less aggressive and reactive Uh in a veterinary setting. So you might even ask, you know, if there's something like that, that they um, are familiar with or they're comfortable with that they're okay prescribing in advance of the visit because I'll tell you, I've used some different medications on cats before they come in the office and it really can make a huge difference. It's all about how to do this with less stress for the animal, less risk for injury for both pet and, you know, veterinary professionals sure, as well. So, sure. yeah, so well, just talk to your veterinarian much. about that. You were very helpful. Of course. That's wonderful. I listen to your show all the time, and it's amazing how many things you come up with. And I think, well, I didn't know that, you know. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, I'm Charlotte Ross on Animal Radio. Please remember to spay and neuter your pets. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man-age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man-age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-803-1961. 800-803-1961. 800-803-1961. That's 800-803-1961. This is Animal Radio, baby. <laughs> I'm on a roll today. Huh? You are. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. Maury was asking when the Animal Radio Olympics are going to continue. We're not sure yet. I, I think Judy's pretty much in control of that. What is the deal with that? Is it uh, something we'll do again? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we will. You had fun with it. I did. I okay. Had fun. Yeah, because I won. Well, she so. was the winner. Yeah. <laughs> you knew, I you not? knew everything. My intellect was bruised for like three days after that. I know. I know. <laughs> Me too. And I didn't even participate. <laughs> well, maybe next time you should. I Really? I would have liked to have participated. Maybe next time, since you know all the answers, you ask the questions. I ask the questions. Make oh, it, there you go. Make That's it a little a more fair for everybody else. Or... Mm-hmm. Yes. We throw it out to the listeners and let the listeners answer the questions. I'm just saying that might, uh, uh, you know. Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad you guys have an open mind about it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Do. 
Ah, let's see. We're going to go to the phones in just a couple of seconds here. Also, a few minutes away from Justin Bieber's mother. And uh, let's see. What are you working on for the news? You said Justin Bieber, right? I, I wanted to clarify. It is Justin Bieber. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Patricia might have been upset. Um, I, I've got a bunch of stories for you. But one of them is so horrific. I'm not even going to tease it, Okay. Can I just save the tease? Yeah, you can say actually that was okay. a tease. The lack of not the lack of yeah. a tease is a really good tease there. Yeah, it was. It was. Okay. Uh so that's on the way in just a few minutes, something that we know nothing about, but it should be something you're interested in. <laughs> <laughs> uh which phone? Uh let's go to one. Okay. Thank God we have you here. Hey John, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for uh taking the call. What's Appreciate going on? Uh, just a quick question. Uh, my, I have a 10-year-old dog. She's got a, a little growth a couple of weeks back that looks like a little sty or a wart or something on her left lower eyelid, um, but it doesn't interfere with her blinking or anything like that. I'm just wondering if that's something I need to check out. Yeah. Now, what kind of doggie? I'm sorry. She's a, a, a mutt from the pound and likes stuffers, and I got her off the res, and I'm told okay. she's cowdy mix. Okay. And is the lump, is it on the inside of the eye, on the outside? What what uh, area coming in it's from the, the nose outside. to the side? On the outside. Okay. Well, the, the good majority of, of little masses along a dog's eyelid, they tend to be benign growths. Um, okay. And of those, they most commonly are a type called a meibomian gland tumor. So that's by far the, the biggest um, uh, cause of these type of things. So those type of things, not to say they can't cause a problem, um, and sometimes they can actually get pretty big. Um, they'll kind of even get a color, cauliflower-like growth off of them, and they can rub on the eye. So um, some of these really can cause ulcers in the eye or discomfort. So um, the treatment of those, um, first I'd say, you know, get a look at it. If you'd hold her up to the mic, I can, you know, try to <laughs> get a picture of things. Um, but, uh, you know, getting a, a vet's eye on it is a big thing because sometimes there are types of lumps and bumps that get us a little bit more excited. Um, if they're pigmented, kind of a black color, sometimes that gets us a little bit more concerned because we can get melanoma, a more serious tumor that occurs on the eyelid. Um, and then some types can be a little bit more destructive to the area, um, like squamous the cell carcinoma. Um, you know, people are aware of that because of the sun-related issues. So that for dogs, too, can occur on the eyelids. So, um, that, so that's my you, argument. Would, you, would, they, would they zap it off and, and test Sometimes. it? Or what would they yeah, so when we have an eyelid tumor, pretty much um, we have to remove those type of things with a pet under anesthesia. And I get that question all the time. Can you do it with my pet awake? No, not going to happen. <laughs> not many dogs will <laughs> okay. sit for that. So th- from there, but yes, we can do a couple things. We can, if it's root large and it goes into the lid, we might do kind of like a V-shaped wedge. So we take out a little wedge of the eyelid and sew things back up. Um, if it's small and doesn't seem to go very deep, then yes, we can um, kind of cauterize that either with um, a, an electrocautery. At my office, we have a laser that we use, and that helps to kind of uh, ablate the tissue or just kind of um, destroy it on the surface. So that technique can you can be used for some of the smaller um, or less uh, less serious ones. If we're worried that it's a more serious tumor, we're going to probably go for that V wedge because we want to get nice clean margins and, and solve that problem for you know the long haul. Um, but, How uh, much yeah. can you so tell I, by looking at it? If you if I, if I brought her into the office, can you look at it and say, yeah, it looks like this or it looks like that? 
In some cases, yeah. Um, usually, um, but I would say just because the great majority of these type of tumors are meibomian gland tumors. And, you know, the breed sometimes gives us some clues because we know that there are um, some dogs like poodles, cocker spaniels, um, collies that tend to get these um, benign eyelid tumors a little bit more frequently. So um, if we've got that, there's sometimes a little bit of the odds game we can play to, to help. And I, that may not help your situation since you have a mixed breed dog, um, but uh, well, potentially. I was wondering whether or not to make an appointment, so it sounds like I should. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely encourage you. And, you know, it could be something we can handle pretty simply. Um, And just sometimes a little bit of, you know, monitoring, watching, and waiting uh, is acceptable for these type of things. Beautiful. I will uh, keep an eye on it, but I guess I'll make an appointment for next week as well. Thanks for the uh, information. I sure appreciate it. Thanks for the call, John. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Cats are known for napping, but a hard-working cat in Kinokawa, Japan, has been promoted to a special position. Seven-year-old Tama has been named Special Station Master by the Wakayama Electric Railway. Two other cats were named deputy station masters, and all three of them are taking their work very seriously. Their work entails welcoming passengers at the train station. Tama wears his little railway cap, of course, and the other two cats just wear their normal fur. The operator of the shop at the station had been taking care of the cats, but now the railway company is picking up the tab for these hard-working felines for a job well done. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Okay, yeah, so puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why Ladybug, the Animal Radio Studio Stunt Dog, uses the Brilliant Pad Self-Cleaning Puppy Pad. It seals away the waste and replaces the dirty pad for us. Brilliant Pad keeps the Animal Radio Studios smelling fresh. In fact, all we have to do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And let me tell you, that's pretty fast and easy to do. I love it, and Ladybug gives it five paws up. You can learn more about this amazing machine over at BrilliantPad.com. Hey, this is Nicole Sullivan on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your pets, please. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Uh, New California law is changing the way that pet stores sell pets, making it the first state to ban retail sales of certain pets in an effort to crack down on puppy mills. That's what's behind it all. It says that pet stores can only sell cats, dogs, and rabbits. They come from local rescue groups or shelters or animal control agencies. And store operators will face a $500 fine if they violate that new law. Another California law, which we talked about last hour, that will further advance pet protections in the state by allowing judges in divorce proceedings to consider the best interests of pets and create custody arrangements for them. We also learned that 88% of those pets' custody fights are over 
dogs. And on the national stage, you guys, I had to bring this up. A new law that was overlooked by many is that cats and dogs were literally rescued by the farm bill that was signed last month by President Trump. Now, you may not have heard this part because it was granted it was a massive bill and covered many things. But it did include a provision officially banning the slaughter and trade of companion animals for human consumption. Now, that doesn't happen much that we know of or that we hear about. But before the bill, it was actually legal in 44 states in America to turn cats and dogs into food. Well, police in Hamden, Connecticut, say a man actually had to shoot and kill his own dog in a park because he feared it might attack some children who were close by when things got out of hand. The man told police that his dog, a pit bull, who was not on a leash at the time, that's the very first thing you need to know, the dog was not on a leash. But because his dog was not leashed and attacked and seriously injured another dog that was on a leash, he felt that he had to take action. But right there, you see, with the owner of the injured dog were that man's three children. The owner of the dog who initiated the attack, the one who did the shooting, was licensed to carry a gun, according to police. But again, the entire situation could have been avoided if the man had his dog on a leash. But because the dog was loose in a park, that dog is dead, another dog was injured, and three kids had to watch the whole ugly scene that they will likely never, ever forget. Can I, mean, I just say this whole thing is just very, very bizarre, very weird, and I'm, I can't believe that there's no legal implications to this. I, yeah, something's the, missing. It is It is under investigation by the police, but, I, you know, I, I think about this, and I think it's so horrific because none of it had to happen, right? Sure, and, and, and really, though, I mean, think about it. Put yourself in this guy's shoes. Could you ever shoot your animal with a gun? Or, well, I, I mean, could you? I mean, if I, if I was fearful it was going to harm somebody, I don't know. You would shoot your dog if you were fearful. I, I that don't know in that circumstance. Nobody really knows what they do. They would I like do. To think right. they would. I do. They would like to think they would know if it was going to harm somebody or kill somebody, but... Right, you don't know what you, you don't do know in that what moment. you would but actually do. That really? is a good point, Hal. Because now, now look, I, I would think there would be a big investigation if, say, that his uh, the man who did the shooting that his wife was standing nearby and he accidentally shot the wife while he was shooting for the dog. I mean, then you would go, ah, you know, that's really off. But you know, like Judy said, I, I think this could have happened, but it is being investigated. So we'll keep you posted. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love this story, guys. Scientists have discovered a genetic difference in animal lovers. So that's probably you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you always knew you were different, huh? Yep. This genetic difference lies in a gene that is responsible for producing a hormone called oxytocin. And you've probably heard of oxytocin before, but it's commonly called the love hormone. They use it, the reference it a lot when talking about bonding between a mother and her child. But oxytocin boosts bonding between people. But this study is the first time that it has been linked to relationships between people and animals. Researchers at the University of Edinburgh's Roslyn Institute and Scotland's Rural College found that those who showed the greatest compassion for animals 
actually had a different version of the oxytocin gene. They found also that that women responded more positively towards animals than men, as did those who uh, chose a profession in an animal-related field, you know, maybe in a veterinarian's office. But, of, of course, people's attitudes towards animals are influenced by a variety of social factors, considering early life experiences, personality traits, your religious beliefs. However, they say, this is the very first time that scientists have shown that genetics may also play a big role in our human love of animals. So those of us who who aren't married or whatever, if we married another animal lover, I wonder if they would get like, you know, three times the animal empathy. (laughs) That would hurt. (laughs) I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. And Lori, I got to tell you, you know, I really didn't think about this until I started looking, but you're right. You're absolutely right. I have photos of only my animals on my phone. In fact, uh, <laughs> the screensaver is animals. And I have no... But that means you're pretty normal, right? I guess it does mean I'm normal. But I probably should have a picture of my spouse or friends, at least, in there, right? But <laughs> Yeah, I think I might have one picture of my spouse holding my animal. There you go. And that's the only reason you have the picture. That's right, because the animal's in it. <laughs> Let's uh, go to James, who has a call for Joey. Hey, James, where are you calling from? Well, right now, I'm in a Lake Park, Georgia. Lake I'm Park, Georgia. Yes, sir. I'm a truck driver, and I'm calling for um, a little bit of Joey's advice here. And I, kind of, I have this little pug that loves to ride around with me, but sometimes we stay out on the road for very extended periods of time. And, you know, giving them a proper bath is not very feasible. So I'm wanting to know what I could do for him, you know, what products or what procedures I Joey might recommend to keep him clean and, you know, healthy while he's out on the road with me. So let, let me ask you a couple of questions here. What's your main objective is just to clean the dog? Is the dog getting stinky? Is it shedding? Because that's going to determine really, you know, what direction I go in. Yeah, well, I brush them every day, um, but we're out sometimes for two months at a time, and it gets a bit oily and stuff, you know, and and okay. we're walking around in grass that, you know, I don't know what's in there. I just want to keep I mean, I got front line and all that for him as far as fixing fleas and all that, but, I, t- you know, he just gets dirty. There's a lot of products out there and wipes that you can go that you can go to the store and and, and get um, a lot of some spray um, dry shampoos and and you know a lot of things out there on the shelves that you can go out and buy. But if you want a real quick fix and this works unbelievable and it's good that you're brushing and combing the dog now because you, you you're removing the dead coat. So if you're used to doing that, you're gonna go to the store and you're gonna buy yourself a sixty nine cent box of baking soda. Now baking soda you're gonna 
going to sprinkle that in the coat. Now it's going to do two things. It's going to, number one, remove the oil because it's going to absorb. So you're going to sprinkle it on. You're going to let it sit, I don't know, just a couple of minutes, and then you're going to brush it through. Not only is it going to re- absorb the dirt and the oil, it's going to also neutralize any odors, any smells, or anything like that. Um, and it's going to, when you brush it, it's going to fall off the dog after it absorbs everything and fall to the ground. So the best thing to do is, is I wouldn't do this while you're in your truck. I would actually do this outside of the truck when you stop, um, sprinkle the dog with it, brush it through. It's going to be real safe. It's really, it's really good for the coat. Um, the dog is going to smell good. And a really good thing and trick with, with, um, dogs that have folds in their face. And, and some, some pugs do, some pugs don't, depending on, you know, how flat the face is. If you use that and you put that in the folds, it'll dry out any type of moisture that's in there. And the baking soda portion of itself will, um, actually remove any facial odor. It works really good. It's a good thing. It's nice and cheap. And you know what? I think that you'll be really satisfied until, you know, Listen, nothing's ever going to replace a good old soap and water bath, but this is something that you can stretch out with a short-haired dog. Um, you can stretch it out quite some time. I think be real happy with it, too. Well, I'm fascinated because that's one thing I was really worried about was, like, the folds in his face. I mean, I get into a cutis every now and again, and I've been using, like, wet ones and stuff, but... That's a very good tip. I'm and, really thankful. You know, and you can continue to use the, the the wet ones, but um, the baking soda. You know, after after you wipe it out with the with the with the with the wet ones, go in with the baking soda. And I'm tell you what, you're gonna notice that there's no odor from the face, and if there's any irritation, any redness, nine times out of ten, that's gonna go away as well. Mm. I use that on my mother-in-law. She has a real wrinkly face. How? She does kind of a stinky face, too. So, And I got that tip from you last week. I appreciate that. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio. Hello! And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, stay a new to your friend's pets also. Give it to them as a present. What a good idea. All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind. We are uh, heading to, where are we? Is this going to be Kentucky we're heading to right now? I'm not sure. With Bridget Bruyere. Bruyere, how are you doing, Bridget? I am in Kentucky. You are in Kentucky, and you do something kind of special there. You uh, rescue what? Native wildlife. So no dogs, no cats, no pets. It's all animals that would be naturally found in Kentucky. Okay, so I got to think there's got to be possums, lots of possums. Yep, possums, bats, foxes, beavers, a lot of raccoons, a lot of squirrels. Were you on the show Bandit Patrol? I was, yes. Have you seen the I show? I knew it. I love that show. Yes. Oh, yay. That's awesome. I, I can't say that I've ever yeah, heard. I what is that, Lori? We're lost. It, it was all women in Kentucky who rescued all different kinds of wildlife. You know, everything from skunks to raptors, eagles and owls. And It was amazing. It was a great show. When's it coming back? 
Oh, unfortunately, they did not renew us. You'll have to just try to catch a rerun. But there's, they have so many animal shows, and they just kind of rotate them around. So Now, I understand, and Judy came in. She came in screaming to the studio about a week ago. She says, I've booked the guardian of Justin Bieber. And I was like, Justin Bieber? She, no, this is apparently <laughs> Justin Bieber that we're talking about, yes. who's a beaver yes. that you rescued. It is, yes. JB, as we call him, or Justin Bieber, came to me. Uh, May of 2000, let's see, we're just in 19, in 17. So he has been with me for quite some time. He came in just a couple months old, so very tiny, still being bottle fed. And he was supposed to make his way to our... Uh, rehab center that houses just all of our animals. Um, but we were a little slow on the draw. We had to raise quite a bit of money for his enclosure, get the pond built. So we're just finishing that. Well, now, how did you say he came to you in 2017? What did he knock on the door? Did someone bring him to you? What was wrong that he ended up at your doorstep? Well, he was- he was not quite old enough to have his driver's license, so somebody did drive him to me. He was found as just an orphan baby, one single beaver. And uh, most likely, unfortunately, his parents were either shot or they were drowned. Um, when people mm. find beavers, they don't always love them around. And uh, they're not very tolerant on trapping and relocating. So they are trapped underwater, unfortunately. Mm. So. Uh, they do drown. Yeah. How long do beavers live? I hope that he lives uh, almost 20 years in captivity. Wow. They don't live quite as long in the wild, of course, because they're exposed to potential risks that uh, they don't in captivity. Now, I would imagine he can't run around loose. Otherwise, your furniture would be chewed up. Oh, well, it is. <laughs> it's very chewed up. I've only been in this house um, just a couple months longer than JB has been with me. And it used to be very nice. And almost every doorway, door, baseboard has been chewed on. My antique furniture has been chewed. And this is with me closely supervising him. Oh, no. How often does he have to swim? Um, I put him in a bathtub about five times a day. Wow. Wow. That's uh, full time. It is full time. It makes it difficult for me to go out in very long stenches, but um, he'll have his own pond that he can go to the bathroom and dam up over and over throughout the day. So does he try to dam up the bathtub? Oh, yes, he does. That's the first thing when he gets out of the bathtub. It's really kind of a funny routine that we have developed. So I I know when he needs to go out, his regular times, and he does make some sounds that um, if he's asking me that he really does need to go to the bathroom. So I put him in a bathtub, and he hops on the ledge, but he won't get off the ledge. I have to lift him down. I towel dry him, and then he turns around and finds something to dam up the uh, bathtub. It's really like good. shampoo <laughs> bottles and, and that kind of stuff? Shampoo bottles, if there's a towel on the floor, the bathroom rug he uses, a stuffed animal, socks. Oh, yeah. If there's one thing laying out, he'll find it. I want to set the scene because listeners can't see this. We we do have a picture. We we are Skyping with Bridget. Uh-huh. And so we do have a picture of what she looks like and, and her surroundings. On the wall behind her, uh, a couple of pictures oh. of, it uh, looks like an opossum. 
Is that correct? An opossum family? That was an opossum. Let's see who do I have. Oh, that was an opossum that we had for a long time. His name's Big Boy. My volunteer team got together and had that painting done for me. And the other ones back there, there's three skunks. They are our permanent resident education skunks. I call that uh, picture my three sons. (laughs) You can't see, but believe it or not, I have my son and my daughter on the wall right next to them. How do they feel about all of this? Are they gung-ho with mom's animal rehab? No, not at all. So um, <laughs> they do not love the animals in the house, uh, to say the least. Um, JB is regularly damming up my daughter's door. So sometimes she tries to open it and has to move stuff out before she can fully <laughs> open the door. So who pays for all of this? We run solely on donations. Okay. It's very difficult to continue to raise our uh, our funds to take care of all these animals. And how can someone donate and help you out? They can go directly to our website, and there's links on there. They can um, send us a check via the mail. Our address is on there, and we also have a PayPal account. And, and that- our website is secondchanceswildlife.org secondchanceswildlife.org and we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet well would you go give i guess the nearest wild exotic animal that you have there a big old hug from all of us at animal radio okay i sure will thanks for having me we've just been informed that we've been kicked out of the studio we got to vacate for the next show i mean i'm having a lot of fun i'd stick around but apparently we're not allowed to do that Uh, But if you need your fix during the week, head on over to animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And then, of course, join us once again next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.